listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. It is uh, Monday, August 15th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast as we go into the final round of the AFL season. Uh, my name yeah, is Will Anderson. <laughs> you know, I was about to. I was, I was just sorry, giving just a little a bit of a. I was giving a little bit of sizzle. I was like, was "This of... is there's only one round to go. Like the eight's still up for grabs. No I'm one sorry. knows who's going to win the premiership." I was just teasing it out a little bit. I was giving it a bit of love, and I, like, I literally only got half a sentence out before you were like, "Say your fucking name. Say your fucking name." <laughs> yes, my name is Will Anderson. I'm sorry, you needed to give it the 360 dramatic treatment. Unless it's in black and white and slow motion with like classical music behind it, I don't know it's a dramatic pause. So I got a bit scared that you've forgotten who you were. I know. And you've always got to lead it in uh, for the 360 treatment with some expression. Yeah. Like, you know, so it was, it was the greatest time of all. And yeah. then, dung, 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 yeah. package starts playing. <laughs> well, I'm Charlie Clawson, by the way. Um, yes. It was a. Say your name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Say your goddamn name. It was a uh, look. It was around more about the losses uh-huh. than the wins. I yes. think, Will, because there were some calamitous losses. So let's just uh, get right into it. And if you're a Blues fan, you mm. may want trigger warning. You may want to uh, block your ears for the next. Mate, if you're fans. a Blues fan and you're listening to football podcasts this week, you've made your choices. You know what's coming your way. You're like you, you, you understand when your team has one of those sort of losses that it's all everybody is going to be talking about and you just need to avoid football media. So if you've come here, you've come here for the punishment. You've come here for what we're about to do. So don't you feel mad about it? You (laughs) wanted to be mad. You wanted to be angry. You're a Carlton fan. You were angry when they were like like looking at top two. You were like, this is never going to last. You've been riding this result for the entire season, Carlton fans. Well, I mean, I was just going to play a clip from the last 10 seconds, but now that you've got the salt in, I don't know if it's going to hurt. Let's play it anyway. Melcham, been terrific all night. Pickett, kicks. Is it a point or a goal? It's a goal. And the Blues fans' hearts break all around the country. And look, as Will has demonstrated, we, we have been sort of card-carrying members of the let's watch Carlton fuck this up this season. But even I watched that and was like, oh, no, oh, no. I mean, they had it, Will, with 90 seconds to go. They I know. Had <laughs> I, this is how much I know they had it, Charlie. I was rationalising the Bulldogs season already in my head. I was like, you know what? It's good we didn't make the finals, actually. This is the kick up the ass we need. We've got some problems that we need to cover off. It's good. It's actually, you know what? I even got to the point where I was like, Carlton deserve this. They've mm. won it, you know what I mean? They've done it the hard way. They've grasped their opportunity. They deserve to be in the finals. And then Carlton made me do something that I don't like doing and I don't want to do, uh, Carlton supporters. Barrack for Melbourne. Yeah. And when Cozzy, I'm so glad it was Cozzy. 
Yeah. I'm so glad it was Cozzy. Yeah, one of the few Melbourne players that I can still love. That yeah. you know was the one who did it, so I could actually barrack and and two guys, one cup favorite. Uh, the man who'll uh, sell you some dodgy milk, the milk sham, <laughs> had one of the greatest games that the milk sham has ever played. And since that pocket profile, I'm absolutely on board the milk sham. Do you think that Stephen May takes milk sham out for dinner? Yeah. Because you know that that's the big furor was milk right. sham didn't get to play in the grand final last mm-hmm. year, but he potentially is going to get him into a grand final this year. Do you think Stephen May takes him out? Maybe not for a dinner with the other boys. Yeah. Maybe like a, just a quiet, like a dinner for two. And, yeah. then they, and, they, and they settle their differences. Grand final week. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> the week before the grand final, the two of them go out to dinner together and see what happens. Well, this is the, this is the uh, equation that is now in front uh-huh. of Carlton. So Carlton either have to win next week. Yes. If they don't win, they need the dogs to lose. Mm-hmm. And if the dogs do win, they need the dogs to win by less than a goal. So that is like a very, very narrow. This is like uh, Luke Skywalker flying into the Death Star, having to shoot that shot right into the exhaust pipe. Like it's a no margin for error if, if, if Carlton don't win. If Carlton played the way that they played for a lot of that game, they can beat Collingwood. So it's, mm. it's up to Carlton now. It's not like they're going into a game that's impossible for them to win. I think they could definitely win next week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, come on, Charlie. Yeah. The Bulldogs get in and Carlton narrowly miss out. That's a good result. <laughs> That's a funny result. Yeah, it is pretty funny. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, look, and all the media commentators have said this, look, it's been a good yeah. season for Carlton, like huge strides from where yeah. they were last year. But the fact is, you know, they cheated to get Patrick Cripps off and it didn't work. <laughs> and that, objectively, is funny. Football like Patrick Cripps should have not been Sorry, playing. mate, should not have been there. And then you lost. I mean, do you think that we, do you think they went back with the match review panel? Do you think mm. they went to them with a brown paper bag? Did they just wind the clock back to the old to the olden days, or it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we'll get you a McDonald's franchise? No, because that Patrick that would have got it done in four and a half minutes. It took yeah, four right. and a half hours. Like this was like a Peter Jackson production. Like this right. thing went forever. I think Patrick Cripps went to bed. I think it was too late for him in case he had to play on the weekend. Like, no. They argued legalese. Like this was the classic he got off on a technicality. He didn't get off because they finally found that his action like was justified. He got off on an absolute technicality. And so this has set the precedent. I would I would think if you're Carlton, I mean, are you even standing by the result of that game on Saturday night? Oh, right. I, I, don't, I, I would have immediately sent out the lawyers. They go full Trump. They right. just deny it. Just, it was like it was the, the umpires were cheating. It was rigged. We won the game on Saturday yeah. night. I don't know what you're talking about. We have won. Just, they go out. Like that would have been brave if Vossi in his press conference after the game just went full Trump and was like, yeah. well, we won. It was a great yeah. victory by the boys. And all the reporters yeah. were like, does Vossi not know? No, we definitely won. No, Vossi goes one step further. Like Trump, he has his press conference halfway through the third quarter. He just goes out and announces it before right. the game's even yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> he should do that we against won. Collingwood. He should just have done it with two won. minutes to go. Just yes. walk out on the field and claim victory. Start <laughs> hugging Carlton players, high-fiving people, just going, we won. I don't know what you're talking about. First week of the finals, three teams turn up to the ground. It's Carlton like, oh, no, we're playing. Carlton. We definitely we're no, You guys lost. You're out of the finals. No, 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 no. It's rigged. Let them all play at once. That's what yeah. I would say. <laughs> So Carlton may have had the most yes. heartbreaking loss of the weekend, but perhaps the most uh, embarrassing 
was uh, the Bombers. Now, when we did our tips last Thursday yes. on Instagram Live, every Thursday uh, afternoon, 5 p.m., Instagram Live. And they also said, pinned there, so you don't have to watch them at uh, when we do the tips. You can watch them at any time. And it's just like a mini episode of this, really. Yeah, that's right. And so when we were previewing that game, the Bombers versus Port, you said, who cares about this game? Yeah. Well, it turns out it wasn't the Bombers playing. Yeah, Bombers they did not care. Port Adelaide seems still to game. care, but like Essendon definitely did not care. And it was a tiny, tiny crowd. And the problem with having a small crowd, Will, is that you can clearly hear what people are saying in the stands. Marshall went outstanding. You could probably throw Finlayson in there as well. Yeah. So that, that's what you get when, when players are out injured, you get exposure. <laughs> I mean, I feel for that supporter. Like, I get it. I mean, I back for a team that's been seriously embarrassing for my virtually my entire life. I get it. But it's just like, how close was he to the commentary box? <laughs> like, they've got to start soundproofing those commentary boxes. No, nah, you've got to get him inside the box. Oh, That's the sort of commentary you need around Essendon. In fact, I believe they've, uh, the, their president has resigned today. So, yes. Um, well, I mean, I think with the well, full encouragement of yeah, the board. full encouragement of everybody else. You resigning <laughs> yeah. today? I guess I am resigning today. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, well, here's what I would say is make that guy president. Whoever that guy right. was, find him, identify him. He is the person who knows what's going on. And... If you're an Essendon fan, there is, like, I mean, the conversation now is, are they 24 hours too late for Clarko? Now, we, we record this on a Monday. It comes yeah. out on a Wednesday, so anything could happen in the next couple of days. But there's been a lot of conversation around the idea that should Essendon have been in the race for Clarko during this season and that, have they now left it too late? Is there, like, the Clarko is the magic wand of the AFL, like, any club that is not in, contending for finals, the discussion is why didn't they go for Clarko? Like, why? I mean, he if he does get the job at North, he better deliver because the amount of hype that has been built up around him this year, like everyone talks about you can't have a messiah complex when it comes to getting people into your club. Well, too late. I mean, the way they're talking about Clarko, he's not just turning water to wine. He's turning like wooden spoons into premiership cups. Oh, yeah. Clarko doesn't have a messiah complex. God has a Clarko complex. <laughs> like this is like, but I think this is why North Melbourne is actually the best option because in the past, what you found with these, like often, you know, these big coaches, the Malthouse example, but there's a whole bunch of them littered, like, you know, where they've been champion coaches at one club, they go to another club and it just doesn't work the same. I actually think like if you go to a club that needs that huge personality for a complete rebuild, mm. then I actually think that's the better place for it. Like when like Malthouse went to Carlton, for example, they really were like, this is a really good team already. What if we just bring in like a, what we perceive to be a better coach? We'll take them from yeah. like being an eighth place team to like a top four or a premiership team. I actually think that's the wrong scenario to bring in one of those champion coaches. I think when your club is completely there's no fucked, there's no expectations. Yeah. You just need someone to come in and sort some shit out and show you how it's all meant to be done. I actually think that's the better opportunity. But Essendon, like Essendon solve problems with money and power. Like that's what they're used mm. to, Essendon, right? And then, But they're also not a very patient supporter base no. because they, they're one of the big Victorian clubs yeah. and they have such a history of success. Like you don't do a five-year plan or an eight-year plan, you know, that's not a slow, patient rebuild. It's like we should be good. Yeah. And 
theoretically, I kind of agree with him. They should be good. When you look at their list and the opportunities had in their draft picks over the last few years, they should be good. They should be better than they are playing. Like I look at St Kilda and I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe our list isn't really up to scratch. We don't really have that top-line talent that other clubs have. But you look at Essendon's list and it's like, well, you've got a lot of really good players. You've drafted and recruited really well in the last five years. Yeah, I agree with that. Like you, they should be – they're the example of a team that at their best – and we've seen their best a few times, you know, during the season. So you can mm. tell at their best they are a very good team. So I can understand if you were like an, a Bombers fan how incredibly you frustrated you would be because you're like, I know that they're good. Like at yeah. least if you're a North Melbourne fan, like you, you're the opposite. You're like, I know we're not that good, but, mm. you know, there are bits of this that I can get excited about. Whereas Essendon, it's almost like the reverse of that, which is like you know you can be really good and you can't quite understand why you're not yeah, well, speaking of North Melbourne, there is a bit to get excited about, not least of which was Ben Cunnington made his so long-awaited return. So good. I so mean, that good. is that's a story we can all get behind, especially on this show. Uh, two guys, one cup favourite, Ben Cunnington. I did uh, laugh after the game when he did his post-match interview and he said he couldn't get the smile off his face. I'm like, really? I don't mm. think I've ever seen you smile ever in, in any of the yeah, hours and the hours. The version of, of what he football. was doing at the time when he says, I can't get the smile off his face was not what the rest of us would recognise as a smile. <laughs> I was like, if this is your Lunar Park, then this gives me a real insight to it. Even when he was paying tribute to his wife. Mm, like, you know, which was so beautiful. Like, you know, because his circumstance, for people who don't know, they literally recently had a newborn, which was their third child, and then he gets diagnosed with testicular cancer, has it twice, like really, you know, quite severe. And um, he said, this really was like, I was like, yeah, you, you guys seem like a good couple. He goes, I've only seen her cry three times in my entire life. And I'm like... Yeah. Well matched. That's a perfectly matched couple. (laughs) Like, I mean, you could almost replace Chuck Norris jokes with Ben Cunnington. It's like, you know, know, the Grim Reaper just doesn't want to get punched in the guts. That's why he stayed so far away from him. It's like, oh, no way. I'll just wait. I'll move on. Um, And for him to, I mean, for a guy who obviously had to sacrifice football, which he's just, even just coming back after like such a, terrible circumstance where he talked about the idea of having to even like learn how to walk properly again yeah, in the first crazy. place for him to be able to come back and be so competitive and play you know so well in his first game you know um i think he surpassed what anyone's expectations would have been of like being back out there but he, like, don't, don't it, you reckon but he looks he looked really good like he yeah. looks super fit and like we used to joke, you know, prior to him taking time away from football that he was the oldest looking like 27-year-old or something. I remember we posted some photo of him and you're like, he could be your son. Like you were old yeah. enough to be his dad, but he looks like he could be your dad. But now he like, he looks super fit. He looks really, really good. I mean, fingers crossed, like he has a great preseason and can get into it again next year. But I, I, thinking, I gotta, I'm the same with you. Like people say yeah. that like cancer takes years off your life. It's taken years off him, but in the other way. He looks young. He looks refreshed. And I've got to say, and I, I mean, this is very lighthearted, you know, compared to the subject matter that we were talking about. But for a man who'd like gone to the old advanced hair and got like new hair, I got to say, the chemo, the shaved hair, that's your look, Ben. You don't need the hair. You look fantastic. Like yeah. this is. It's, it's your Jason Statham. He's yeah. got the Jason Statham look Definitely. going on, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like this is, cancer's been good for you is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, let's move on to uh, our team. Let's talk about yes. the Dogs and the Giants. I- inspiring game of football. Oh. Um, I'm sure if you're a Dogs fan, you're like, well, oh. if we bring this into September, look out. Oh, boy. 
boy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think they dragged you down to their level. They did. They obviously no, went into the game plan. Of course they did. They went into a game plan of going, we're just going to kick the ball from halfback to halfback and bore mm. the Bulldogs to death. And it, it almost, almost worked. worked. <laughs> 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 it was so close to working. Like it was, I mean, if you're a Giants fan, I'd be more interested to know if you're a Giants fan what you felt about that, like whether you thought that was, are you, I mean, I guess it's because the Bulldogs and the Giants have that historic rivalry that mm. maybe there's more incentive to go, you know what, we're going to sacrifice our own game and our own ambitions and any sort of game plan that would actually work as a continuous game plan against an opposition. And today we're just going to try to fuck up the Bulldogs year. Like, yeah. because that's what? what it felt like. They're just like, you know what? We haven't achieved much this year, but if we could fuck up the Bulldogs' year by just playing like a style of football that's almost impossible to play against, then that's what we're going to do with our day. And they almost did that, I will say. Yeah. If you didn't have Marcus Bontempelli in the last quarter, they would have won that game. Like he was clearly the difference. And I think, I, I, I mean, tell me what your take is because you would have watched the Bulldogs more closely this year. But has he been mostly injured this year or is yeah. he still injured? Uh Oh, no, he's still injured. He's got an abductor as well from that game, right. apparently. But um, yeah. no, he's been playing with injury. But I think there was a period of time about four or five weeks ago where whatever injuries he's been carrying for the whole season, you could tell he was just – he felt like he was maybe just getting on top of them or maybe it had just got to that point in the season where his mental strength was just able to push over. Like I can imagine if you're playing with a bunch of injuries – that early in the season, like, you know, there is a kind of balance between your physicality and your mental, you know, and mm. I, so I don't really know where his level of fitness at, but I know in the last five or six weeks, we would not be in the position that we are in if it had not been for him. He, he's been huge. So how do you feel about Bevo's bottom boys? Like, as Well, I mean, a, we're definitely right down the bottom. This is yeah, as bottom boys know, as you can get. I mean, if this, no, is, <laughs> if this is the tactic, then... I mean, with like 30 seconds to go in that game, that Melbourne Carlton game, I was like, well, this is a bold tactic. If it, if it pays off, we've really been riding our luck right till the end. Well, it feels like Richmond are the Bevo's bottom boys yeah. of 2022. Like they, uh, you know, they haven't won enough games for them to be higher yeah. up in the eight, but their form line would tell you that they're actually playing really, really good football and they're going to, position themselves right. with a chance to knock over like, you know, either a Brisbane or whoever finishes in, in that. You know, uh, I agree. Uh, there, there's position. that stat I saw this week that they haven't lost the game by less than a, like by more than a goal since round six or something. So w even their position on the ladder is a little misleading. Mis misleading because if they'd 100%. had Collingwood's luck, suddenly they're a top four side and we're all like, oh shit, here come Richmond again. And if I think I'm going to go a step further. Firstly, I'm going to say that Jared went a little early on Richmondy. You know, that's what I would say. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, saw a you saw a little hint of Will Anderson's Richmondy and then suddenly it was all like Richmondy's back. Oh, and, it was fun though, wasn't it? It was a good two, two or three weeks. Yeah, but here's what I'm going to say. What if that is their tactic? What if oh. Bevo's bottom boy style, they're just like, you know what we need? A little bring bit, back. bit of Richmondy. People, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just bring back a little bit of Richmondy, a few rounds to go. We there's get a like little Richmondy. Animals, there's certain animals in the wild, right, that will feign injury. Yeah. And then when something comes closer, they'll attack them. Is yeah. that what they're doing? That's what they are doing. 
They're doing the rope-a-dope. They're rope-a-doping us. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that was fake Richmondy. I believe that was intentional Richmondy. Well, I don't know if um, what Max King was doing on Friday night was rope-a-dope because um, there was there were, there was a lot of dope. I mean, it's the only thing that rope. explains it, isn't it? Even with the Bolter thing, remember when Bolter took too long to come in for a goal? Yeah, that's, that's right. Classic. It all was too de- It's deliberate. all too good, wasn't it? And then the young yeah. kid played on. Cumberland, who's oh, like a yeah. root. Apart from that game, has been yeah. awesome. Perfect. <laughs> in everything yeah. that he's done. Kick five goals or whatever the next week. Yeah, bit suspicious now we look back on it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the best thing I did for my mental health this weekend was not to actually watch the Saints game live. We had some friends oh. over on Friday night, so I wasn't I able it. to watch it. But I can always tell how a game's going based on the amount of text messages I receive. And it was all silent for the first hour of the game. And then my phone blew up approximately in the third quarter. So I was like, oh, I better check in what's going on here. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I looked at the worm. We've made a bit of a run. And then I put my phone down again. And I didn't even need to look at it. Something <laughs> just in, something just told me that we'd we'd stuffed it up. That we we'd lost it, and I knew we were going to lose it. But I didn't think it was going to be as killing me as it turned out to be. Max King kicking five behinds, three of them from twenty five meters out, slight Man. angle. Tim Membry, uh, Marcus Windhanger. Generous, I would say. Like, <laughs> I think one of them was from standing next to the goal umpire, and he still managed to miss. It, look, this is here's the thing about. Uh, Max King. This has always been his issue, even in his draft year, was was his goal kicking. And, like, he can go two ways, can't he? Like, he can be sort of like Buddy where you accept the fact, okay, he's going to kick seven goals five, or he could be Richo where he kicks one goal six. And they need to make a decision about how to fix it. I was really surprised after the game how defensive Brett Ratton was about the idea of him seeking help because obviously well publicised that Matthew Lloyd, you know, who was his junior coach, offered to help him out and the Saints – I don't know why they feel like they can handle it. I don't know why a club that's won one flag in 147 years feels so confident that we have the systems in place. I mean, I get when you're, I guess you're the coach, you're, you want to defend the people you have working for you. You know, it's an issue. You've like, maybe it's even speaking to Max through the media, which is we believe in you. We believe that you can handle this. And we, we actually think that it's going to be more problematic because we think that maybe this is in your head more than it is in your action or whatever it is in your technique. Maybe there's all those sort of things. But if this is such a unique circumstance where you're mm. like, Matthew Lloyd is one of the greatest goal kickers of all time. He had a set routine that you could follow. Max King um, was literally <laughs> kicking towards a stand that had Matthew Lloyd's name on it. Yeah. That's how good a goal kicker yeah, he was. You know what? The guy's got a stand. If it was just yeah. somebody going, I reckon I can sort out his... But do any of the guys that are teaching him kicking at the moment have their own stand? That's what I would like to say for <laughs> yeah. us. That's my first <laughs> argument. So that's one nil. He's, he, he was his junior coach, so he has an understanding mm. of his temperament and his personality and those sort of things. And the evidence is on the board that whatever's happening at St Kilda isn't fixing the problem. So I would have just thought based on those three things, if it's something that Max – because my understanding was also that it was something that Max sought out in the first place. It wasn't like Lordo just rang up St Kilda and went, you guys are rooted. I've got to stand. No, (laughs) no, Max sought him him out last year and Matthew said, that's fine, but just get – clearance because I, I would hate for you to do like a hammy or something yeah. like that doing something outside the club and so they went there and the club said no. no they've since backtracked I think you're right I think Brett Ratton's foremost in his mind was to defend his player and make it sound like we will handle it we'll you know we're going to put our arms around Max but I think he went he was too defensive yeah. they've since backtracked on that and said look we want to help him any way that we can I 
have an idea of what we can do. It requires kidnapping okay. <laughs> and some brainwashing. Good. But how about in the off season, the Saints take Max, they drag him, drive him up to the mm. Gold Coast, and we do all swaparoo with Ben King. Okay. <laughs> we lock him in a hotel room. We do one of those kind of like intensive kind of brainwashing yeah. things where we make Max think he's Ben and Ben think he's Max, and then we sneak Ben down and we mm. stall him in Moorabbin as, 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 as Max King. Mm. I mean, it makes as much sense as any other plan. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think, I, I mean, he's such a great mark and he's such a, clearly such a talented player. And for all this criticism around him, mm. he's kicked 50 goals this season. Like he's had a good season. Yeah. And if you look at his progression from season to season for a guy who's in his third year, it's all tracking beautifully. Like mm. this, you're talking about the difference between like a star and a superstar though, right? Like that, yeah. if, if, you know, if you manage to kick three or four of those goals, then you know, that's the difference between your team winning. That's the difference between this conversation we're having around him. But when you talk about St. Killing Me, I, I, you do have to watch it back because here's what I will say. You've been trying to get this going all season, St. Killing Me, <laughs> and I feel like it's almost been like stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah, you know, okay. like you've been <laughs> leaning into it too much. But this game was everything that you've talked about because yeah. – I've never seen a more anguished supporter group in my life from there was just the look on their faces and they would go to the crowd and they would all, I was just like, oh, my God, they're all Charlie. <laughs> Every one of these people is Charlie. And they honestly yeah. could have all been screaming, you're St. Killing Me. And there was moment after St. Killing Me moment after St. Killing Me moment after St. Killing Me moment. And it was the perfect encapsulation of what you've been trying to get going this season and i think this stands you in great stead for next season oh good yeah. good i well i think the issue with st killing me is st kilda for all their you know their their, their terrible records and the, all the wooden spoons and everything we are mostly mediocre we're not terrible like even if we were bad it's more clearly defined than mediocre but when you're mediocre it's worse because there is this element of, oh, we could be good if we just got this, this, and this right. And I did watch back, I watched the um, KO mini match back. And what it looked like to me is that we just are mentally fragile because when the whips were cracking and we had like high pressure shots or the high pressure pass that had to be made or a handball that had to be made, we couldn't do it. And that's like when you see teams like, like Geelong just don't make a mistake. Sydney just don't make a mistake. Like they just get to the right spots and they hit the target. Under pressure, they hit the target. Whereas we can do it for maybe five to 10, 15 minutes in a game. And then after that, it's just like, you know, we're like the dog that chases the car. We don't know what to do if we actually catch it. I, the funny thing, because I watched the whole game and St. Kilda have a, an amazing capacity to – put themselves in a position. This is my view of St Kilda this year where you'll watch like half a game and you're like, oh, I don't think St Kilda are playing very well. But for some reason, the other team haven't got that far in front of St Kilda. And then for like a quarter, they'll play just football Blistering. that you're like, what is this? Like, have you been able to do this the whole time? Because here's what my tip would be. Just do this more often. Like if you could do this for more than one quarter, I think you'd be really great. I don't understand what that is. Like, are they being coached to play defensively and boring for two quarters and then it's like, oh, shit, it's not working, play with abandon? Or is like, it about wearing your opposition down and keeping close enough that you can then, like, have a burst and then try to... I don't 
know. I don't understand football. Look, I mean, honestly, I'm just waiting for the season to end now. <laughs> just five weeks and all, all it will all be over, thank God. Um, we should go over to the West, though, Will, because okay. it was the uh, the Derby Derby was on. And uh, boy, oh boy, did they turn the clock back. Man. There was bloody brawls aplenty. And uh, Caleb Sarong. retro he round, goes wasn't it? It was like, it was Derby retro round. <laughs> I was like, derby what is retro going round. on? Well, yeah, okay, Caleb Sarong got into the thick oh. of it and uh, he gave away a, a pretty hefty penalty. 150 metre penalty. Not 50, not 100. 150 metre penalty. Four against Caleb Sarong. So that's in the goal square. It's not in I the mean, goal square, it's in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. I think the last 150 meter penalty I saw was Fraser Gehrig losing it in Tassie, where I think it was I think it was actually David Mundy. <laughs> David Mundy is a, a sprightly, uh, uh, you know, probably 40 year old back then um, was getting into his face, and the, the umpire just kept blowing the whistle. But I didn't actually see. It must have been three consecutive things that happened because it wasn't like. He got 150 and then mouthed off, got another no. 50. Got mouth, like, 150. They, just, they, they paid all I'm the, the, give the you three consecutive. Yeah, 150 it's minute amazing. penalty. I didn't even know you were allowed to pay it that way. I always yeah. thought it was what you said, where it was like 50 metre penalty, another 50. That's how you had to count it out. I didn't know you could even give Stop a 100 metre penalty, let alone a 150 <laughs> metre penalty. I mean, do you, what? Maybe we could bring in a rule change yeah. where you could, if you're the player who's receiving the fifty, so you're yeah. benefit, benefiting from the fifty. Can you bank him? Like, if the umpire can oh, store him up yeah, and right. award him, I'll just can take you bank fifty him and now. Say, I want fifty in my pocket. I'll for save later. it. Yeah, yeah, and then you can hold up a card and right. so, like, you know, you're, I'm spend you're trying it to now. keep. Yeah, you, you hemmed in in the back line. You were like, well, let's just get it to the forward half. I'm going to spend my my hundred fifty now. The Mexican gets a, like a yeah, the final minute of the game. We got yeah. hundred fifty meters up our sleeve. When are we going to spend it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just one thing about that WA. I had a question for you. The showdown and the derby, mm. we'll forget the Q clash and the Battle of the Bridge for now. Let's right. talk about the traditional sort of rivalry yeah, games. Sure. Do you think it's funny that these rivalries are taken so seriously? Like they're the Montagues and the Capulets. Yeah. Like more often than not, this, this, these will be teams made up of players recruited from all over the country, probably yeah. a lot of Victorians and Queenslanders and stuff. But they all play as if they're like the River Boys in Home and Away. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> they're taking off the gut, the dudes from, Man- um, uh, uh, was it Mangrove Creek or whatever it's called? Yabby yeah, Creek. Like, Yabby yeah, Creek, thank you. <laughs> Which of us was on Home and think Away? No. Yabby Creek. But why do you think, like, what happens that they get so sucked into this? Because I watch them brawling and stuff, and it like it makes sense. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. But then yeah. I'm like, hang on, this is just jumpers fighting jumpers. Like, what's the buy-in here? Yeah, but I think it is exactly what you're saying. It's Summer Bay versus Yabby Creek, in that it's about local. Like they live in that community. So if you live in Western Australia and you're a footballer, when you go out to a nightclub, like the way that you roll around town, there's going to be a rivalry between like the two hometown teams. Everyone's always going to be want to be the best hometown team you get bragging rights in your local community so i would think now that makes sense to me of course it makes more sense it's why the traditional rivalries between teams early on were between suburbs that were near each other in melbourne because you would have a bigger rivalry with a nearby suburb than you would with a team from across the town yeah i guess so i mean i guess yeah i I think maybe if i had Growing up playing country footy or something where there was like more a fierce, but you know, when you're playing in sort of the suburbs of Melbourne, there's so many teams, like you don't really differentiate between like a suburb that's next to each other. But in Hayfield, did you guys have 
Well, no, you didn't play for Hayfield. Did I did. I did play for Hayfield. Um, and did you? Did you have? Who were your Yabby Creek rivals? Yeah, it's a good. It's, that, that is a good question. Like, I mean, the the closest team to us would have been Nambrock, I imagine, or Rosedale. Nambrock, Nambrock right. or Rosedale. Um, I'm trying to think. There's no easily made up funny version of those names that you can. Oh, Rose, Rosedale, Rose, and uh, more like Nambler Brock, if you know what I'm saying, guys. Namcock, Namcock, <laughs> Jamcock, Jamcock. And there you go. Uh, now, Will, I feel like Robbo um, has been feeling neglected by oh. Two Guys One Cup because okay. we haven't talked about him Poor in Robo. a while. But then uh, something happened during the week, which uh, our inbox was inundated with people saying, have you seen this? I had one listener even say, I've heard you guys talk about Robbo, but I've never watched 360 and I thought you were making it up. Then he saw this clip and he was like, oh my God, the rumours are true. Okay. So I got, a, I got your nice cask, <laughs> Deep Patelli, a bit of Yarra, Yarra Valley finers. They didn't have, didn't have the pen phone, so... Get into that, okay? Yeah. Hey, the old goon bag. <laughs> I can imagine Jared going down the park. <laughs> imagine that, open the mouth, clear that. <laughs> so what? What is happening there? What is, is happening Robo there? Please run me through what is happening there because from the audio alone, there is no way, even if you are offering me a million dollars, this should be a new Foxtel, Fox footy game show. Like where they play you out of context Robbo and you have to identify what is going on. I heard cask, I heard goon bag, I heard well, penfolds. It's, it's pretty much what you heard. Robbo presented Jared with a cask of wine. Why? And then started hi- hypothesizing about if Jared would go down to the park and drink from the goon the, 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 I'm saying I'm Robbo myself, the goon bag, the goon bag himself. But hang on, so boy, did, oh boy, what, do you know what the like, context is of this? Like was, is it a promotion or something? Jared had won some bet, I think it was. It was like some kind of prize. But Jared, his discreet removal of the cask from the desk, like, I mean, we talk about the way he sometimes, he sort of, he sits there through gritted teeth and that was just a moment, especially like the bringing up of going to the park and, you know, evoking Jared's wife's name. Oh, no. Are you serious? Was he talking about Jared and his wife going to a park (laughs) to drink a goon bag? The most unlikely (laughs) scenario I've ever heard in my entire life. It is classic Robbo. If you, uh, I encourage you to go to the Fox Footy website. You can check it. Here's what I will there. say though: cask wine, very good mm. for cooking, right? So uh, this is going to yes, be perfect yeah. for. Oh yeah, for when he for when he eats Robbo, <laughs> when he eventually murders, <laughs> cooks, and eats Robbo, he can actually baste him in his own goon bag. This is perfect. It's now time for the Brain Dwayne segment. Brain Dwayne. I mean, I know it's the sound of water going down the drain, um, but it also uh, could be the sound of um, uh, Dwayne Russell uh, excreting the uh, some of the uh, of the many many drinks that he consumes before a game. So I'm not sure if you saw this, Will, but Fox Footy posted a time lapse video of Dwayne Russell's pre-game routine. Have yes, you seen this? I have seen this. Yes. Okay. So this is the shopping list. So over the course of two hours prior to a game, Dwayne arrives with sandwiches, a bottle of water. He then has a triple shot long black, which he 
when I read that, I was like, oh, he must get one of the, you know, the baristas. But then you watch the video and it's like the, he's got the instant, like he's making a short black with instant coffees. He's tearing up the, the packets and putting it into his coffee. Okay. Then he has a twirl, which, and I totally identify with this, he dips into the coffee, so Ooh. he eats the twirl. Okay. And I'm like, is he, is he a straw guy or is he a chewer? He dips and chews. Okay. Then he has a can of Coke. Right. So uh, this is now 90 minutes before the game. Uh-huh. Then he has a uh, Caramello Koala. I don't know if it's a king size Caramello or a small size. I couldn't tell from the video. And then finally, and perhaps most tellingly, before the ball is bounced, he skulls a red bull. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Which, I feel when you like, add up the amount of sugar yeah. and caffeine <laughs> that is consumed prior to a game, the fact that things are like the hyperbole goes to the roof makes a lot more sense now. I mean, it explains a lot, doesn't it? It almost feels like this video has been released in response to our criticism of his commentary. <laughs> They've had to go, come on, man. Like, he's doing the best he can. He's popped up to the eyeballs on caffeine and sugar. He does not know what he's talking about. Uh, but let's go back to Friday night. Okay. Uh, first bit of commentary, uh, something that you picked up. This was during the uh, Saints-Lion yes. games. Uh, after Tim Membry kicked a goal, BT had something to say. Took ground, drove his legs, made it a deeper entry. Bit of muscle memory there. Good, BT. Sorry, guys. <laughs> now, Charlie, my question firstly is, do you believe Daisy when she says she thought it was good? Absolutely not. No. That felt like her going, shut the fuck up, BT, didn't it? That was Jared to BT's Robbo. <laughs> Moving on. Next BT, muscle memory. Uh, but BT wasn't done no. for the weekend because then in the uh, Swans-Pies game, uh, the camera spotted Chris Rock in the crowd. Chris Rock there, of course, of grown-ups fame and... He just accepts a slap really well these days, doesn't he? <laughs> now, look, Chris Rock, you're a comedian. Yeah. Chris Rock would be considered most comedians, what, top five? One of the all-time greats. Yes. Yeah. So what is more egregious, the fact that he brings up this moment where he was physically assaulted or the nah. fact that he says Chris Rock is best <laughs> From known for grown-ups. Grown Absolutely films. 100% lock it in grown-ups. Grown-ups. <laughs> like, and, like, this is... Of all the things that Chris Rock has done that you could have mentioned, grown-ups would almost be last on the list last. of things you could reference Chris Rock from. And also the idea that he's referenced to the most famous thing that has happened this year in the entire world, the Will Smith slap at the Oscars, was just such a... And he can take a slap well these days? Like... BT, maybe it is a Red Bull at a Carabella Koala, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Uh, so um, there's a few honourable mentions that were sent in uh, for Dwayne this week. Uh, one of them was one he's reused, which is oh. uh, so Scott uh, Sam Palpepper had a pretty good game okay. uh, against Essendon, and uh, he said SSP does does DIY, which I didn't realise. But apparently, a few people have said that's one of his go-to ones. Okay. So we're not going to play that one. Um, How about Sam Palpepper's here, and he's in effect. Trying to push it. He needs to push someone. Uh, Salt and pepper. Oh, Sam yeah, that's and pepper. Good. We just, <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, that, I think we can work with that, Dwayne. I'll send you some notes. Well, this honorable mention is more, I'm, look, I'm not angry with Dwayne. No. I'm just disappointed. Okay. This is such an obvious one. I think it is beneath Dwayne Russell. Right. This is in during the Suns game uh, against the Cats. Wits. Kept his wits about him there. Beneath him, right? Yeah. That's not, that's not good, Dwayne. No. Get him another Red Bull. Yeah, that's not 
kept his wits about him. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, even if he'd said it was like uh, Jared Witts, like with the tap of the year or the knock-on of the year, mm. kept his wits about, I would like, okay, well, that's good. That's, bit, that's a bit more Dwayne-like. But the fact that it's just like kept his wits about him, it's like even BT mm. could have made that link. Oh, yes, exactly. And, yeah, and that should be your line. If BT could yeah. do it, you shouldn't do it. You're better than that, Dwayne. <laughs> now, the one that I've decided is the winner uh-huh. this week. Um, again, it's not like one of his best ones, okay. but it's intriguing. Uh, Tom Hawkins found himself in the goal square all alone, okay. picking an easy goal. Hawkins, in his own private Idaho, on his own inside 50 goals. Okay, so this is fascinating mm-hmm. to me because I'm like my own private Idaho and I was like, okay, so there's two mm-hmm. references here. There's Private Idaho, the song by the B-52s, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the Gus Van Sant movie... <laughs> Um, my own private Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Now, I was like, does it mean something? Is it a common usage? And I looked it up. My own private Idaho is not common vernacular. It is something specific to those two songs. Mm-hmm. So um, Fred Schneider or Schneider, Schneider. From, uh, the B- the from the B-52 says the song doesn't really mean mm-hmm. anything. It has nothing to do with Idaho or being alone, just that we like the sound of the words. Like it's, it's, it's more about like, you know, Idaho is this place where there's a mix of people and things mm-hmm. to do. But then Gus Van Sant, who originally, um, when he was making the film, was a, a, I think a, a pastiche of different Shakespearean films. That's but right. Then he the the, the song, Henry um, the Fifth. Well, or, yeah, but it's, there's, there's a series of plays that are around the Henrys, and I believe yes. that, and it's about like sex, like a couple of friends who are sex street workers, hustlers, right? street hustlers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so was that what Dwayne was going with? That Tom Hawkins well, was okay. Right. <laughs> I went to the Criterion Collection, <laughs> of yes. which My Own Private Idaho is a member of. And so there is a definition of what My Own Private Idaho is. So okay. see if you think this relates to Tom Hawkins being alone, alone in the, in the goal square. square. <laughs> My Own Private Idaho is an imaginary place where one is locked in the arms of love that is both protected and free. It is the promise of America, chronically out of joint with reality, especially for its most vulnerable inhabitants. Okay. And, Do you think and that's, that's what Twain was, was going, going with? <laughs> I mean, if so, then I'm... Bravo. Well, well done. What a great commentary on America's isolationist policies, I suppose. Is that what we're going with? <laughs> I guess. Twain? Twain gets political. What do you think Twain uh, was going with? Like what? Because this is uh, the one about I can't work out what he's actually going with when like with his other ones i at least understand what he's going for but what do you think the reference like i mean i know what the reference well, let's, what do you think he's let's reference hear, is? let's hear it one more time hawkins in his own private idaho on his own inside 50 goals okay a couple of years ago Lee Montagna uh, came up with this theory of uh, a tactic that Geelong used, where he called it Hawkins Island, where right. you just they they move all the all the forwards move out of the fifty yeah. to leave Tom Hawkins one out yeah. in the goal square. Hawkins Island mm. it immediately evokes an image. You get it straight away. I think that that's kind of what he was going for. Right. But the only <laughs> My. the only. Like not even uh, Hawkins finds himself hand solo, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hawkins you know, finds himself on Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island all by himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes about as much sense. It makes more sense, like because at least he's alone on an island. Yeah. Well, surrounded you by know kids. what he is? He's alone on an island with a ball, castaway. 
that's your castaway. Yeah, yeah. The Tom Hawkins finds himself cast away. Yep. And here comes Wilson. Yep. Here comes an odd shaped Wilson. <laughs> yeah. All right, Will, it's time for everyone's favourite segment. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. That's right. It's the time for the Pocket Profile Pocket. Yes. And uh, I've grabbed a player that I've never heard of before. But Great. He's played 75 games for the Crows. Mm. Uh, do you know who Lachlan Murphy is? Mm. No. <laughs> if you had to describe him. <laughs> no. Give me his hair colour. Uh, brown. Yes. Okay. Long or short hair? Yep. Definitely. Long hair, short hair? Yep. Definitely one of those two <laughs> options. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he looks a bit Joel Selwood-ish. Okay. Short back and side, sensible hair. All right. What's his name again? Lachlan Murphy. 75 going Lachlan Murphy. Okay. Now, um, the reason I picked this one is uh, a bit of a character. Okay. If that gives you bit of any fun, hint. bit of fun, like the movie. Bit of fun. Yep. Likes it. Likes a laugh. Does he like a laugh uh, at, his, at, at the expense there. of his teammates or a laugh at society in general? More of a big dog energy. Okay, big dog, big dog, dog energy. energy. Okay, Lachlan Murphy's yeah. got big dog energy. I like a bit. I big think dog when energy. I think when it comes to your pocket profile, big dog energy is a good attitude to bring to it. Um, I'll help you out with some clues, okay, obviously, great. along the way. Um, but yeah, a bit of a character. Okay. A bit of a character. Okay. So, what's his favourite non-AFL non AFL sporting team? Okay. Um, uh, oh, hang on. Is it a um, basketball? I thought it was an NBA team. Ba- yeah, an an NBA team, a basketball team. I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay. okay. But it is it a basketball team? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I actually thought it was. Right. Okay. I see. You don't even then, know what sport it is. <laughs> okay. This is not a confidence start. Where even the first... oh yes, they are NBA. They're an NBA okay, team. They're an NBA team. So yes, basketball. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, initials OCT. Uh, okay. The um, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Thunder? Not Thunderbirds, but, but Thunder. yeah, stop there. Yeah. Thunder. Yeah. I'd never heard of this team. Are yeah. they a new NBA team? No, I don't think so. That's, I've never heard of anyone bring that team up before, Oklahoma City Thunder. Does Lachlan Murphy go to AFL games when his team's not mm, playing? Interesting. Plays in South Australia. No. Correct. All right, you're two from two. That's good. Should the centre bounce be retained? The, no. <laughs> the question to which there is no way no of No logical an response that you can no. follow in any way. Uh, what, what position did we say that Lachlan Murphy played? Halfback or something? Is that what we were saying? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's just say that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. I'm going to say sure. uh, no. Uh, no, he thinks it should be retained. Oh, um, his non-football wish for 2022. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Caleb Daniel. Yeah. He wants to get a little bit taller. He wants to grow 10 yep. centimetres. Doesn't he say where would, he wants to you grow. You know what the thing is? The guy loves basketball and he wants to be a little bit taller. He wishes he was a baller. He was a baller. He wishes he had a rabbit in the hat. <laughs> um, what was his scariest non-football uh-huh. moment? Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, went through this <laughs> as well. Oh, but... Not not kayfabe. In real life, Stone Cold went through this. Uh, what did Stone Cold go through in real life? Um, uh, Took some time out from wrestling for a while because yeah, of a, because of an injury? injury. What was the injury? Yeah, um, can you remember what happened to him? No, I can't. Back? Did he hurt his back? 
uh, failed pile driver. Mm, Owen Hart neck. dropped him on his head. So neck injury, was it? Dropped on your head. Neck injury. Yeah. So Lachlan uh, Murphy had neck surgery. All right. You know what, you know what Lachlan guy. Murphy's got to do? In the words of uh, the Wu-Tang Clan, he's got to protect his neck. Yeah. <laughs> Who rules? This is a big dog answer. Oh. Who rules the roost in your house? Yeah, me do. I, I do. I'm the big dog. Me. Uh, his most influential coach was uh, Glenn Ibbett. Uh, where did he go to Auskick? Mm. Um, uh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so, um, Dawson had one of these, mm. but so did Neil. Oh, okay. Dawson had one, one of these, but so did Neil. So, like, I, w- I was going to say Creek. Correct. Um, but so did Neil. Neil, so did Neil. Um, so did Neil. Somewhere Creek. Yeah. Um, Neil. Neil Creek. Famous Neil. <laughs> Neil. Famous Neil. Armstrong Creek. Neil. <laughs> no. Danaher Creek. Neil. It's a real gem of a place. Um, oh, uh, Neil. Gem of a play? No, I don't know. Tell me. Diamond Creek. Diamond Creek. Oh, yeah. Diamond okay. Creek. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Neil Diamond. Yes. Okay. okay. You should definitely get this. What was the common theme of your report card? Uh, easily distracted distracts others. Correct. <laughs> it's just, I, mean, I think if I was a recruiter, I would go to every high school in Australia and say, who are the most easily yeah. distracted and distract other yeah. students? Yeah. Oh, you don't even have to go. You just get the report cards. Just get a copy of yeah. all the report cards from the kids fax through to you. Um, okay. Did he have a part-time job while at school? Mm, interesting. Like the Murphy. Uh, Grew up in Victoria. Yeah, Diamond Creek's in Victoria. Um, yep. uh, I d- don't know if that does help. <laughs> he grew up in Victoria, <laughs> if that helps. Well, those layabouts <laughs> in WA and South Australia don't do anything, especially if you. Uh, why would a kid in Western Australia have a job? Yeah, so much that is actually what we've learned a lot from these pocket profiles <laughs> is kids in Western Australia don't really have jobs. But I'm going to say, yes, he had a job. Correct. Now, what was the job? Okay, My one of the is, traditional ones. No, bit okay. unique, related to footy. Right. I imagine. In your early days of living in Melbourne, mm. before you went vegetarian, mm-hmm. when you're at the footy, you selling might have pies. encountered selling pies. Um, the best storyteller at your club. Okay. Uh, um, well, let's say. Um, uh, is, I it, oh, is it the officials after the camp? <laughs> they told some amazing stories, guys. You should hear the stuff he's not saying. Uh, no, this is a, a player. He used to play for Collingwood, uh-huh. I think. Um, this dude, uh, if I was a drug dealer, yeah. no, if I was a, if I, if I, if I was dealing in contraband specifically mm-hmm. for birds, okay, like I was going to sell you some seed. I might man. say, and do, yeah, do you yeah, want seed some man. seed man? <laughs> Someone seed man. <laughs> I love that you can follow where I'm going now. After 22 episodes this year, you're like, I get this. Seeds, man. It makes perfect sense that uh, you're selling contraband to birds. <laughs> Worst blue ever. This is great. This is, I, what I, is his name? Is I, I it Paul Seedsman? No, what is his? Paul yeah, Seedsman. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so he's the best storyteller yes. at the club. Um, who's the best social outing organiser at your club? Uh-huh. 
big big dog. Tex Walker. Oh yeah, I no, am. No, Lachlan Murphy. Big dog. Me. Yeah, me. Me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, the most tech savvy teammate. Um, okay, his surname is the opposite of. Um, uh, hurry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hurry. Hurry. <laughs> hear me? Hear me? Yeah. Wait. Hurry. Okay, here we go. Hurry. Hurry. Hurry safe. No. Um, hear me. Hurry lock. Hear me unlock. Hear me unlock. Hear me. It's, no. it's, hear it's me. Elliot Himmelberg. I was trying to think of what's the opposite of the burglary. Oh, my God. Is there an opposite? Oh, my God. Cops call a burglary burgs, right? How do you even say burglary? Burglar. 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 Burglary. Burglary. I've been burglarized. How do you say it? Burglary. Okay. That's burglary. Himmelberg. Just for the record, Charlie did play a cop on TV for years. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even remember that Yabby Creek existed either. Uh, which teammate should run for office in the future? Okay, just think about his answer so far. Yeah, Lachlan Murphy. Vote one. Correct. The big dog. Yeah. Rate your cooking skills from one five. to five. Correct. See, <laughs> you get it. What we've worked out on Pocket Profile is when you know nothing about yeah. the player, you're much better yeah. at getting yeah. who they are. Um, okay, now best dish. Mm kind of relates to his previous answer and his personality. Like if he were a bit of a jokester, no, it's more he's going for a gag more here. Like if you've just said, I'm the best cook in the world, what's your best dish? And then you say. I don't cook. It's sort of undercutting that. I don't cook. Two-minute noodles. Oh, two-minute noodles. noodles. Okay. All right. This is another um, common gag, worst cooking disaster Um, in the same vein as two-minute noodles. A lot of players have said this. Blow up, Breakfast. Blow up the barbecue. <laughs> burnt, burnt toast. Uh, are you golf or tennis or neither guy? Yeah, interesting. Well, he loves basketball. I, I know nothing else about the big dog um, other what did than big, dog say? big dogs are just good at everything. Both, mate. Both. Both. <laughs> just nail everything I do. He's <laughs> the big dog. Um, has the big dog ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Big dog's never been sick, apart from that one time I broke my neck. <laughs> <Nah>. um, <laughs> one, one, what, how do I make my penis 10 centimetres longer? <laughs> I'm going to say yes, he has used Dr. Google. He has. Yes. Uh, can he keep a secret? Ooh, interesting. He's got big dog energy, so he's either going to say, I'm great at keeping secrets, or he's just going to be like, I, I'm like, I, yeah, there might be a bit of big dog sort of WikiLeaks style. There's no such yeah. thing as secrets, man. Like the best thing is if That's everybody right. has all the information. Who cares? I got nothing to hide. Why do other people have something to hide? That's – it could go to <laughs> – Well, you're at Adelaide, mate. That's, people <laughs> That's got plenty to hide. good point. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say he reckons he can keep secrets. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You and bloody Lachlan Murphy – um, okay, what's his idea for a perfect day? Mm-hmm. This is an answer that, well, I mean, I would say it would trouble Adelaide, but there's a lot of things that would trouble Adelaide at the moment. This answer would trouble any football club to hear their their players say this is a perfect day. My clue is uh, maybe Jaden Stevenson. Some, if, if Jaden Stevenson had given this answer a few years ago, things could have been sorted out. Okay. Um, just love a day of... Gambling and then riding my bike drunk down some stairs. 
Well, the first part. <laughs> Popping $10 on a winner at Flemington. Um, what is something that he's proud of? And this is actually a legitimate achievement. Uh, um, playing, it's, a, playing a, it's a diploma oh. in, a, in a certain field. Oh, a diploma in uh, business. Business, correct. See, I would have gone to like sports, you know. It just like, feels like big dog energy is like you do a business diploma, you know. Yeah. Uh, his biggest fear, fairly common phobia. Uh, and of the animal kind or the heights variety? Of the animal oh, kind. Yeah, okay, so spiders. Correct. Oh, my God. You it's are Lachlan today. Murphy. Have I been doing the podcast <laughs> Lachlan Murphy the whole time? Pulls off my mask. The guys in the <laughs> AFL record are going to have to do another bloody spot the difference for Adelaide. Um, what is the biggest compliment that's ever received on TV? Which is ironic, considering one of his earlier answers. Okay. Um, once again, maybe something that Caleb Daniel has heard. Probably actually not Caleb Daniel. No, <laughs> he definitely has never heard this. That you're tall. Yeah, you're taller, you're taller than I thought in real life. Yeah. Than you're right. Yes. Do you think anyone said that to Caleb Daniel? No, because I'd be just distracted by how handsome he was. I'd be <laughs> like, why are you wearing a helmet all the why time? You you're beautiful. <laughs> Um, uh, jokey answer here. If you could play one instrument, what would it be? What's the jokiest of all the instruments? The skin flute. Say? But uh, we know that that answer <laughs> well, is not acceptable. <laughs> the, 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 the jokiest of all the non-redacted answers. Uh, what instrument do I play? Uh, the jokiest yeah. of um, those answers. The It's always... It's always... In an orchestra, what's the jokiest of the, the instruments? Oh, what's the dumbest? The dumbest most, of most... all the instruments? I mean, this is a judgment <laughs> like in of itself, it is. isn't it? The f- you need no skill to play this. The instrument. drum? No, the tambourine. The triangle. The triangle. Oh, triangle. The triangle. triangle. Jesus. Um, what TV series are you binge watching? Mm. Uh, every This is like every second pocket profile that someone's binge watching this long-running American sitcom. Uh, the Office, the US Office. The Office. And the final answer... Well, this is go. kind of the whole reason I wanted to do this pocket profile. The best movie of all time. Great. Now, let me just say, yes. early in this show. What, this movie came up? Are you serious? Incidentally, you didn't bring it up. I brought it up. Well, it came up. Okay. All right. It's all I'll say. Okay. You're going to have to give and me. And it's the greatest movie of all time. It's the greatest movie of all time. He thinks it's the greatest movie of all time or... Yeah, he thinks it's the greatest movie of all. The question is, what is the best movie of all time? And he has answered with this. Grown Ups. Grown no, Ups. shut up. Are you serious? Yes. Well, maybe BT was right. Maybe I have to take it back. Maybe Grown Ups had more of a cut through than... Grown Ups is a movie that even Adam Sandler has admitted he made just so he could hang out with his friends and then buy them all expensive cars. Like even Adam Sandler yes. doesn't rate that movie. <laughs> I know, it's really struck a chord with wow. the Australian footballing fraternity. Uh, okay, that's Pocket Profile for this week. Just before we get into the mailbag, I'll let people know that we have a bunch of other podcasts it's you true. can find at tofop.com. We have one called Tofop, which is a bit like this with less footy chat. We have another one called Fofop where Will and I take turns to chat with various people. I'm chatting with film critic and journalist Guy Davis. You can find that all at tofop.com. Will, do you have any live shows or anything coming I up? You want to actually do not have any live shows coming up. This is the good news. So I am um, uh, having a little break from live performance. So I have recorded my show, Willogical, which will be um, on air on a network at some stage before the end of the year, which is very exciting. And... Um, yeah, and I'm writing a new show, so no shows at the moment. 
no shows, but you can always find Two Guys, One Cup every Wednesday on the Listener app. We should also let people know that Thursday afternoon we like to do our tips on Instagram Live, 5 p.m. Instagram Live. If you're on the gram, just check out our stories the morning of to see when it's happening, but usually about 5 p.m. Let's get into the mailbag. This is from Mork. Um, oh, could Will go whack against Two Guys, One Cup for not doing a Will Goes Whack segment for half the season? I mean, that's a good point. Look out, Cleb, you better watch your back. Will goes whack. When it comes to criticism, the hardest of all criticisms is self-criticism. And much like vampires, Two Guys, One Cup likes to live in a world without mirrors. We don't like to look at ourselves. We don't like to assess ourselves. And we certainly don't like to uh, follow up on promises that are made easily and <laughs> hardly ever enforced on this podcast. I would say um, that Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast, um, exclusive to the listener app, and as it should be, because the rest of society really needs to be saved from the ridiculous nature of this podcast, the fact that it even exists, the fact that we just spend 15 minutes every week trying to guess the favourite movie of a person that we don't know and I still don't know. If you, like, sent me four photos, Charlie, and you said which one of these is Lachlan Murphy, I would not be able to identify Lachlan Murphy. So the idea that we came up with a segment got a theme song for the segment and then actually never did the segment is 100% on brand for this podcast. So I guess I go whack, but I'm not really whacking us, Charlie, because <laughs> this is us. This is who we are, yeah. you know? This is yeah. the essence of us is to make, you know, so you know what? I know I'm not going to go whack. In fact, I've, <laughs> I've retracted my whack. Will goes retract. That's what this segment is. <laughs> I, this is this is us. Uh, Hugh Tidy, we need a new segment. Will goes retract. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it back. <laughs> uh, Peter says, isn't killing me official? Has it superseded Rich Mindy and disappointing in the lexicon? Well, as Will uh, alluded to earlier in the show, maybe next, next year. Show. I think I think we've, what we've got is a little uh, sample exactly. size of St. Killing Me this year. Um, Semmel says, it took the flu to end Collingwood's streak. No cheeky jack, no pies. That's what I say. I've got to say, no to go no pies, right? That's like, and did you see cheeky jack getting booed on the bench? Yeah. Like I've said it all mm -hmm. year, leave Cheeky Jack yeah. alone. I love Cheeky Jack. Leave him alone. He's just, he's just the bloody he's just kid bloody bringing kid. a bit of entertainment to this game we watch for entertainment. Don't boo him when he's on the bench. Annie says, will you guys read Eddie Betts' book, do you think? I'm in the middle of it. It's really accessible and impactful. Ari, racism, generational struggles. Eddie is the best. Uh, I will get to it at some point. I just don't know when. Um, and yes, Eddie is the best. Yeah, we'd love Eddie Betts. Uh, um, and I, I can't wait to read it. Mars Man. Can we talk about the size of Jack Ginnivan's shorts? They're effing mm -hmm. huge. It's like he had to borrow his dad's shorts or someone at the club stitching him up by ticking the 3XL size box when he's putting his clothing form on. Well, speaking of Eddie Betts, mm -hmm. worked for Big him. Shorts. <laughs> Big shorts to fill. Uh, ben says, Kane Corns has gone full twerp by suggesting Frio should poach J J J J JKK, even though he's... That's JKK or is it JJK? JJK. Anyway, jo uh, Josh Kennedy. <laughs> Even though he retired during his knee, his knee being close to snapping mm. off, um, is that twerpish to suggest that a, I guess a beloved player should go to the crosstown rivals? I, I mean, it's, pre I it's guess pretty it's twerp twerpish. It's twerpish. Yeah. 
Um, we also had uh, Ben uh, send us a photo in. He and his mates went to uh, JK's last game last week with one of those, you know, the cutout, the face, mm-hmm. the JK. And then they took that be- uh, that JK on a tour of Perth <laughs> afterwards. So he sent me a bunch of photos oh, of right. the mask at various <laughs> drinking venues and then back at his apartment at the end of the night. Looks like a fun night, Ben. I mean, but also uh, that would have been quite disconcerting for some local West Coast Eagles players who were at those same nightclubs off their head. And then they yeah. suddenly just see him oh, shit. Shot okay, so his ear. And he's massive, guys. He looks huge. Uh, Jeremy says, does Charlie listen to the Fox Footy podcast? I noticed him saying favourite segment when introducing uh, the Pocket Profile, which is their theme on that show. You know what? I listened to it a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh, shit, I think I have like unconsciously stolen. They say Australia's favourite segment and I say everyone's favourite segment. So there is a... It's a bit like vanilla ice stealing under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. No, mine goes dun, 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 dun. Completely different. Yeah, completely different. Uh, Adam Spencer getting into it with a guy who said that um, the pies uh, were beaten by the flu and not the swans. And then he followed up with the second one. Stunned to learn that Essendon broke its all-time membership record with 84,000 members. What is it about their brand of football that makes people want to sign up? <laughs> That is. I don't know, man. I feel we went really hard on the Bombers earlier. Oh, Do you want to? Adam Spencer's gone dip? to the stats, though, hasn't he? He's like actually <laughs> yeah. pointed. You guys signed up for this. <laughs> it is incredible um, that. Can I just say this? Like, how many members of the Saints got this year? Do you know how many they? I think we were just over fifty. Right. 000, the Bulldogs got over fifty thousand for the first time, I think, ever as well. It's yeah. incredible the memberships of these clubs like on a world worldwide scale these are huge numbers the fact that like our, these local mm. football clubs like a team that is playing as bad as Essendon can have like 80 plus thousand members like if all the members wanted to go to the football on the on the same day the only place you could have them is the MCG and it would be sold out right like that's incredible and even for our two teams like the Saints and the Bulldogs the idea that if every member of both of those clubs went to the game you'd sell out the MCG that's that's incredible to me, like really, you know. Like- That's the most salient point, I reckon, in Mick Warner's book, The Boys Club, that he points out that it's actually not the AFL who runs the AFL, it's actually the members when you look at the membership numbers. And that's that's why he finds it so galling that the AFL just acts with complete impunity and just does not like, just does what they want when really it's the people's game, not their game. Yeah, and it also is a sign for Essendon if you've got 84,000 members and there's not enough people at the game that you can hear random... <laughs> People just yelling things out. That is a bad sign. Um, Nick Tam wants to know, John Longmire, Justin Longmuir, Brett, Bet, Ben Rutten, Brett Rutten, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Good point, though. It's making I don't it know hard. That's a conscious decision. Um, Bill wants to know, is Richmond officially dead now or is it building up to something even more oh, Richmond? This is the great thing know. about Richmond is you just like, it, you don't know if it's ever coming back, but the expectation around it is still fun. But can it come back? Because haven't they sort of overachieved by getting into the finals? Like halfway through the season, know. if you said Richmond were going to make finals, it was kind of like – so whatever happens from here is gravy for Richmond, isn't it? Or do they have – there's no, nothing they're going to fall short of, is there? I don't know. Maybe. I don't understand um, anymore. And I don't know what your expectations are if you're a team who well, won three premierships. It's Will Anderson's Richmond. <laughs> Surely you should know what it means. <laughs> Um, Patrick says, who are your ideal panel and boundary commentators? Oh. Uh, Huddo, Howie, Days, 
Nick Revolt would be my. I don't know. I mean, in what combination of special comments and boundary with Richo? I like. Yeah, Richo I as like well. Richo. Brad Johnson too. Richo, um, Daisy, definitely. Uh, yeah, Howie or Hutto to call. Um, I mean, we can't ignore Dwayne. Like, let's bring Dwayne in for a little bit of it. I mean, I mean, it, as much as he like, we might we make fun of him. Like, he is entertaining. I like him more than when it comes to bluster. I want Dwayne's level of bluster more than BT's. Yeah, because Dwayne has both some bluster and some wit, right? Like, you know, yeah. despite the fact that his wit, wit's witticism wasn't his wittiest, yeah. he does actually yeah, nice. have a degree of wit and bluster. So, yes, if you need that style of commentator, let's have Dwayne. Um, uh, I can't even read this. Your handle is way too long and I need glasses. Does the joy of seeing Carlton stumble overtake the pain of seeing killing me? Um, about equal. I think it, it doesn't take it away, but it helps. It makes, helps it, it, a it's, bit. It's, it's a nice balm. It's a nice, it's a nice like, salve for my soul. As long it, as it, Carlton it lose me. next week. Because you don't want Carlton. A spoonful of Carlton losing yeah. <laughs> helps St. Kilda being shit go down. Helps St. Kilda me go down. But I think that, yeah. you know, because you hate Carlton so much and you don't want to see them succeed, I think if they make the eight, that's 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 not fun. You want them to finish ninth, right? Yeah, and I also like uh, you know I want you to be happy. I would like I'd like to I won't see, be happy if Carlton... the Bulldogs can't win this season. We're not good enough. There's no if the Bulldogs make the finals, where I I doubt we'd win the uh, final. Okay, um, last one from Keegs. One. Can we get one last bit of Fife of Ben Cunnington fan fiction to celebrate his return? A spin-off series a la El Camino. Well, that's not a bad idea. Well, maybe in the off-season we can do a little um, we'll do a little one-off fan fiction of Ben Cunnington. I mean, if, you know, his, his actual life is much more extraordinary than yeah, we, <laughs> we could have invented in fan fiction, so I don't know. I don't know if it's worth doing, but maybe someday in the future we can bring them back. But that is a two guys, one cup for this week. Thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. And uh, like we said, our tips every Thursday afternoon, 5 p.m. on Instagram Live. Thank you to Hugh Tidy, who does all the theme music for this show. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad we were able to bring out Will Goes Whack, <laughs> maybe for the last oh time. I don't know. No, Will Goes so like, like My ideal Will Goes Whack is we need an incontrovertible like position that yeah. everybody holds Everyone to loves be true, Betts. right? That's got to be yeah. you, not that yeah. one in particular. That was yeah, that, not that be, one. <laughs> <laughs> tough territory for Will goes away <laughs> in the current <laughs> environment. I would have thought, <laughs> but that's that's right. That's what it should be. Like the nomination yeah. should be everybody loves Eddie Betts. Tell us why. You, you, that's the whole point of Will goes whack. Like I can't yeah. do a Will goes whack against two guys one cup like not doing Will Goes Whack because that's 100% on brand for what we are. It's got to be the yeah. opposite to that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be back again next week, hopefully, to talk about uh, the Bulldogs' meteoric rise into the finals. Bottom boys. boys. But until then, play on, not 15. <laughs> Ball. We are two guys.